Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Facebook Live. This is Town Hall with Mr. Z. I'm Mr. Z, and it's good to see you here. We have a few people rolling in, and maybe others will be joining us. I see hellos in the comment stream already, so please feel free to jump in there. Um, and also, uh, just a note, uh, there's a link in the comment stream, uh, the very first comment, actually, and you are welcome to join me in the main room. So just click on that link and your browser will direct you how to free up your mic and your uh, camera so that you can join me in the stream yard, as they call it. I'm happy to have guests tonight, particularly since I have very little planned other than a few announcements and some updates uh, and uh, Dr. O will be joining me shortly to take your questions, and we're always happy to do that. Uh, but really good to have everybody here. Um, and we'll, of course, always, as usual, share this out tomorrow in videos so that others can watch it at their leisure. This is our second to last town hall for the current academic year. We have this one, and then in two weeks on June 9th, we'll have our last town hall of the year. Uh, just before our last day of school on June 11th. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that more in just a minute. Um, first things first, though, I want to get some uh, uh, just kind of basic announcements and kind of review uh, what you already saw in uh, eNotes tonight. So hopefully you saw eNotes and the list of our end of year activities as comprehensive as we can make it. So uh, please take a look at that and get connected to that. Um, and get a sense of the links to all of our live streaming for our last events. We're getting pretty good at live streaming with all the things that we've been doing this year. And so we'll hope to keep that in our toolbox going forward into next year as well um, to make sure that we have lots of participation and things. Um, let me talk a little bit about some of the things, particularly in what was announced tonight. And we can also take questions on this uh, when Dr. O joins us later as well. We did do some changes to our protocols, all evidenced by the current status in the general region and community. Uh, we're seeing very low numbers, our continued trend line and reports today in various committee meetings confirm that we're in a very good place. We're still diligent and thoughtful about uh, the potential for another wave or another surge, but right now, uh, numbers and vaccination rates and uh, conditions look good. So last week we implemented uh, the masks change and we're not wearing masks outdoors. And for your friendly neighborhood elementary tennis coach, that's been great to have the kids on the tennis court and not have to have masks on uh, while we played tennis together. Um, and so that's been, that's been a good ad. And I think everybody's felt comfortable with that. Those that have wanted to wear their masks outside have been allowed. And I think it's all gone really well. So all good there. Um, this week we implemented, and we are in the process of finishing up our first week with this, our reduction in testing frequency. Everyone's getting one test this week, which we hope to carry forward um, into next week and the following week. I'll say something about that a little bit later because of our strange week schedules. So be advised uh, that we're going to come up with a plan that we think will work for everyone. Um, and then we have one more change that was in eNotes tonight that I want to take a moment to announce. And Dr. O and I uh, did a lot of work on this uh, to introduce this change. And we reviewed it with the uh, crisis team this afternoon. 
um, and agreed that it was uh, prudent and appropriate to do this at this time. And that's relative to the travel exclusion. You will know that we've been on a journey of our travel exclusion over the course of this year. Uh, we had a general travel exclusion at the very beginning of the year uh, that included a list that was populated on websites. Uh, governments were still getting their heads around what to post and where to post it. Our website links have uh, been uh, very short-lived in most cases and oftentimes out of date. So that hasn't worked particularly well for us. Uh, but the recent uh, things that have been happening is the movement of most countries or many countries, um, and particularly in the EU region, into what's called green zone or green status. Um, amongst the EU countries, uh, the concern is not about internal EU travel, but the concern now is about outside of the EU and selected countries. And they're trying to be unified uh, through the European CDC and through the European Union uh, travel advisory websites uh, to be consistent about that advice. We reviewed all EU countries uh, yesterday in developing our proposal. And we've determined that we can now free up travel for within the EU. That means that travel within the EU is no longer reportable under question five. We will only ask for reporting of travel outside of the EU or to specific areas, whether in the EU or out of the EU that are considered high risk. And to get that information, you're gonna have to go to the specific country of destination website and identify any risk areas. And if you travel to those areas, we would ask that you declare that and take the seven day exclusion for safety for our community. Um, so again, EU becomes a safe zone for us. Uh, we're going to include the UK in that zone um, as a, a prior EU member state. And so we think that that's prudent at this point. But anything outside of that zone we think is reportable. And, uh, and we would be particularly concerned, as you would guess, uh, about countries in the near or Middle East that would be of concern right now with their high rates of transmission. And again, I think you're looking at high rates of transmission and trying to understand uh, what the country's dynamics are. The important thing to remember here is that questions five and six go hand in hand. So question six is about in, being in risky environments, highly populated environments, enclosed spaces, um, lack, lack of mask wearing in those environments for extended periods of time. Those are still reportable under six, whether they are involved in travel or not. And so we would ask that if you're not tagging for travel, but you are still putting yourself or your family in risk-related situations, that again, you report that either through question five or six, and that you take that seven-day exclusion. Of course, at the end of the year, these seven-day exclusions extend beyond the remaining days available to us. So it's always important to keep that in mind. So again, Travel changes, travel within the EU, no longer reportable uh, for a risk, uh, but risky situations still reportable in question six if you think you've put yourself or your family in a situation where something could emerge because of the groups or crowds that you were exposed to. Generally speaking, for all airline travel now, um, they are requiring testing, and that's whether you're vaccinated or not. Airlines are still 
not ready to understand how they're going to deal with vaccination. Only selected may be allowing this. Um, the EU QR code is slowly uh, getting implemented across the EU. Again, you need to talk to countries of destination to find out more details on what might be required. And every airport you travel through will have its own set of requirements. Your airline is your best advice uh, for making sure that you have things in play. Part of the reason of relaxing the travel restrictions is we do believe the travel industry has now raised its level of protection for those getting on flights with the testing as we would do here before that event um, that we think travel in a general sense has become safer. But again, exposure to crowds, risky situations, we still expect you to take um, default on the side of caution and report those risky events and take that time. So hopefully that helps understand the change. This will be in the weekly update on Monday. Of course, we know that some are planning to travel on the four-day weekend that's coming up. We have our staff who will now be considered fully vaccinated. Um, and so there will be travel on the long weekend. We expect that. Um, and again, if you stay within the EU, we do not consider that travel reportable under our current criteria and this shift today. And that's, again, based on Dr. O's advice, our review of all of the literature and making sure that we're on the same page and also vetted with embassy and with others um, to make sure that we're making the right decision. And I think I'll talk about this a little bit later, but there's some other things that I will be owing you in very due course. And Dr. O's here, so I think I'll bring him. Dr. O, are you there? I'm here. Hello. How are you? So I'm just announcing the travel restriction. Your yes, volume's I a bit low, so if you can work on your microphone, that would be helpful. I, uh, can you hear me better now? A little bit. You're still a little bit low on my ears, but maybe it's coming across okay. Okay, fine. Yeah, I saw the uh, travel update, obviously, we discussed, so uh, uh, fully, fully uh, aligned on that one. And I think what you and I saw, we looked across every country in the EU and all of the charts and all of the... 14-day uh, averages were all in alignment with Poland and seemed to be in a good place, which is probably why they're considering opening up the EU to other travelers coming in, I presume. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, you know, clearly the third wave is uh, done. There's more and more uh, people uh, having had the full vaccination. Uh, so, you know, we're on the, on the, right, uh, on the right path to... Uh, to uh, reopen does sound does sound promising you and i both know we always keep one foot behind us though right yeah <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure <laughs> no we have to be on the watch out but you know it's uh, it all looks optimistic and uh, and i think um, you know clearly we're getting to the end of the school year and uh, it has been a tremendous uh, tremendous school year um uh, in terms of keeping the school open and uh, let's see what uh, what the autumn brings you know because that's probably uh, on the top of my mind at this stage absolutely and, and then looking and just kind of watching during the summer i'm going to talk about that in a minute here um we have our last two weeks of testing scheduled um and that means for next week which is may 31st to june 2nd monday tuesday wednesday we will have a three-day schedule for our school population. Then the following week, we're gonna repeat that same schedule for the three days, June 7th to the 9th. So that's again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
That means that June 9th will be the last day for regular testing uh, of the school year um, and we'll finish up with that last uh, group of kids and be done for the year. Now, we, as we move into summer, we're gonna move to a Monday only schedule, primarily to accommodate our staff who will continue working during the summer and will continue to need testing, particularly for those who have not yet been vaccinated. Um, and we have two weeks of summer camp and we will wanna be testing our summer camp participants on Monday each week to make sure that they're safe for summer camp. And this is all ASW students only. So um, we'll, we'll have that same cohort that will just be continuing their testing regime. Um, one parent asked here, and I'll just throw this up on the screen. Um, oh, where'd it go? There it is. Um, can we get a test for ASW traveling purpose? This is the second week of camp. Yes, on Monday. Uh, we're available Mondays for uh, paid testing as well. I cleared that with Dr. O this morning and with his team, and we think there's capacity to be able to deal with that. And it'll be Mondays pretty much throughout the summer uh, during that 8 to 11. If we get after summer camp, we may reduce those hours to 8 to 10. Uh, we'll assess that, but uh, um, that's when you can get the testing. Now, I hasten to add, and you can see this in the weekly update, and Dr. O, you can confirm this, but there's options to order testing at your home, and certainly you have your other facilities for testing as well. Sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. And your other facility, is it's in Volanov, right? As the, the main one is in the city center uh, near Plac Bawiciela on Marszałkowska. Yeah. So let's see, this one is testing happens at the airport 24 seven as well. Uh, PCR takes six hours for results, no appointment needed. So this is a good option as well. Thanks for sharing that, appreciate it. Um, Dr. O, do the Polish kids who are studying abroad have to undergo a quarantine if they come to Poland for the summer? Both uh, parents no. in this case are vaccinated. What's your awareness of that for um, students who've been studying abroad and now they're coming home? I think, uh, so let me double check. Uh, if it is uh, in the EU, so in the Schengen area, uh, I don't think there is any quarantine. However, if they're studying outside of the EU, they have to either undergo the quarantine or get the antigen or PCR test done within 48 hours after landing, and then they're cleared from quarantine. And again, this is being coordinated across the EU. And the EU Council is making decisions on countries outside the EU on a coordinated basis. Yes. Okay. So hopefully that helps answer that. Let's see. But please check. Please check the uh, governmental website for the most up-to-date information. Agreed. Uh, and I, and I obviously I sometimes it changes even you know from day to day. Yeah. And they are changing on a on a almost on almost a daily basis, so we just need to keep track of that. Um, also, after we complete our vaccination, should we inform the school? Yes. Now we're going to be ramping up our record keeping on this um, as we get into next year. Uh, but for now, please do inform us through ASW Health when you've been vaccinated, and we'll keep track of those. We are, um, no, we're, we're working out a system to put that into okay for school. So it'll be part of that process um, so that people can be tagged as vaccinated and it'll show on your app. And I know that that's a, 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 a thing we're gonna be adding 
again for the next school year. Uh, for students, it's far easier. Send us the certificate and it's just like all the other vaccinations for children in school. Uh, we've already added it to our system and we can record it easily. Um, just send us the certificate as an attachment and we are uh, very easy to get that into our records and make it part of our vaccination regime. Um, there's uh, thank you. The kids are coming from Dubai. So, yeah, you're going to have to yep. check yep. Uh, with each country and see what the current status for Dubai is. Here's somebody, Sharon, just looked at this today. If traveling from within Shungun, then a negative test with 48 hours of travel eliminates the need to quarantine. Yes. And that's what we're responding to. We saw those changes and then travel from outside. Quarantine is mandatory on arrival unless a negative test within 48 hours after arrival. But that yep. varies based on the country you're coming from. And that's the piece we're talking about. You may have to look yep. up. Yep. There are some countries where I think when you're coming from these countries and there is a, there is a list of, I think, three or four where the quarantine is mandatory. So you cannot even get released. Uh, yeah, can't even that. test out of it, right? So I think India is on that list and maybe a couple of others. Yeah, yeah. So we have to kind of continue to keep track of that and make sure that you're on board with that. All right, let's see. Um, a more detailed review. So I still owe you, and I'm talking to you, the community now, a draft of next year planning. I had hoped to trot out the draft for public comment tonight, but it's still in development. Uh, I figure one more weekend and I'll be able to get it out to you in draft form. And this will be a comprehensive look at how we're going to deal with each layer of our Swiss cheese next year. Um, and, and, and depending upon the circumstances in the community at the time, a much more granular approach to how we will adjust our practices based on the data that we're seeing both in internal spread as well as external spread. Um, so we'll get that out to the community for comment and review. We'll do summer revisions. And of course, we'll be monitoring all summer the global condition. And then we'll have a final to parents that you can use as your guide as well as our guide uh, in August. So please uh, just uh, be patient while we do the final drafting of this. And then we'll be getting that out to you. All right. A couple more questions here. We have the 48 hours from travel is from the result of or the date of test. How long takes to have the results from an ASW test? Um, what's the turnaround time right now on PCR, Dr. O? Is it about 24 hours or is it down to six? Uh, it's, it's 24 hours, but uh, remember, you don't actually need a, a PCR test to get released from quarantine. Um, it's enough to get an antigen test. And... Um, and uh, so when you land to do the test, because the quarantine actually starts 24 hours after you cross the border. And if you do the test within that 24 hours and you can do it at ASW, uh, then uh, we can enter the results immediately within 15 minutes to the system and then you're released from quarantine. And that's when we're in the regular school year. Of course, summer, since we're only going to be here Mondays, it would only be for yeah. Sunday arrivals. For Sunday Unless arrivals. you order the test uh, at home or go to the main center. Yeah, feel free to come to the main center or just call us and then uh, schedule a home test. Okay. So hopefully that helps to clarify that. I know these things are all very confusing, so um, just please be aware of that. We have a question about vaccination and vaccine. We're doing our best. Um, these are... Uh, 
difficult times from vaccination and certificates point of view. We are doing our best to get them. Uh, we're working on plans. Uh, the QR code we will get, and that'll just take a few days after the second dose. You Remember, you don't get a certificate until after your second dose. Uh, but the certificates for those with second dose um, are seeing them online now. And if you can't access online, there was a form that I sent you to fill out. Uh, if you fill out that form, we're working with uh, VaxMed to get those delivered directly to you by email. But it takes time. They have to log in manually to each account, uh, download the document, attach it to an email and send it to you. And unfortunately, VaxMed does not have access to the non-QR code uh, certificate. Uh, they don't see that on their screen in the way that they access. And so um, if you need something different than the EU certified QR code, um, there's a separate process that we'll have to go through. And we're still trying to figure out what that process looks like for certificates that are not of the QR code variety. Uh, and this is part of the travel debacle worldwide of how to register vaccination and how to uh, present that information. But the QR code that Poland is providing is consistent with the EU system. And the EU is rolling out uh, implementation of that um, in probably the next uh, few weeks, at least according to the last report. Um, but it, it's stilted at best. Um, so for those who were vaccinated uh, with our help from uh, VaxMed, we are doing the best we can. We're trying to optimize this and get it done as fast as we can. We do believe everything, uh, for those who have had their second dose, everything will be done before the end of the school year. But we have two groups. Um, I believe it's June 11th and June 18th, where you're going to the Ursus facility to get your second dose. You're not coming to school. And in that instance, our recommendation, take your yellow international immunization booklet with you. They will fill it out and stamp it at your appointment. So take your document with you to Ursus. And we'll be sending a message out about this. Um, so anybody that's going to get their second dose at the VaxMed Ursus facility, you'll get your SMS, you'll get your appointment, your time, you'll go and at the end of your shot, you'll be able to get your own personal record stamped and signed, which will work at any border. That yellow immunization booklet works around the world. It's a, it's a consistent methodology. And if you need that book, you can get it from the doctor um, so that we can, we can uh, take a look so that they can... Uh, so that you can get it filled out. And doctors have also been very good about transferring records from one book to another. So again, that's for you to consult with your personal physician and figure out how to make that work. And as somebody points out, yes, uh, there are different requirements by country. So some countries are requiring a PCR. If you travel through Amsterdam and depending upon where you're going, you're probably gonna need both a PCR and an antigen test within 24 hours of flight time. So just be aware that I know that one because that's my daughter traveling to the United States. Um, she got there safely and she traveled through Amsterdam from Florence, Italy. 
and it was both PCR and antigen required. Check with your airlines, please. We are not the best source of information. So please check with your airlines to get that info. Um, for those who have the QR code, um, there is there an OSEU app? No, not at this stage, at least not in my research over the last few days. I have not found an app um, except one. There was one Command-D app, but it doesn't read the QR code. But you can upload the QR code and doctors on the other side verify it and then confirm your status in the app. But I don't know whether this app, and I'm hesitant to recommend it, whether it's recognized by anybody. Certainly not by an airline that I was able to find out or anybody else. Um, so it's it, these things are all brand new and nobody has a good feel on which one's going to win. If you do some research, you'll find that airlines are lining up with different providers who are developing systems for this, uh, but there is no consistent system and no consistent direction that has emerged yet in vaccination. And some people won't even use the words vaccination passport. So uh, it, it, I don't know how to advise, but please know we've been researching this and it's a very complicated scenario out there. And really your best advice is the airline. Yeah. And you know, uh, that, that's this political challenge, Dr. O and vaccination. What's your thoughts on this? Well, yeah, I mean, the, this whole pandemic showed us that, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, the politicians are taking a lot of the decisions, not necessarily grounded in uh, science or epidemiology. Uh, but uh, I think the kind of from a pragmatic standpoint, uh, most countries, uh, w when I look at them, they uh, certainly require a test okay, yes. to enter. There are only very few countries which will allow you to enter with just a vaccination certificate. Yeah. So, uh, again, check the current guidelines. They Sometimes they change daily. Uh, sometimes, actually, the best source of information can also be a travel agent. Yes. Because they're usually quite well, uh, uh, well up to date, not even the airlines. So don't check with your airlines because the airlines may not know. They really don't care that much. Well, and even finding out who to talk to in an airline is challenging. Yeah, Although tough. I did get to um, someone at Delta who said, you know, basically airlines are not really talking at all about vaccination. It is all about oh, testing and being consistent testing. on testing. It's all about tests. So, uh, again, check the <clears throat> usually the Polish uh, government website is quite up to date, I must say. But please also check the specific countries where you're traveling to and their requirements because they will have the most up-to-date uh, requirements. So tests, uh, certainly. In terms of the vaccinations, what I have found uh, with a lot of my uh, customers is that they actually printed out this uh, certificate yes. from uh, the system, which is also in English. And I know there are some uh, issues because the certificate does not state which vaccine it was and which serial number of the vaccine it was, as it should state. However, uh, many of the uh, countries uh, will accept it as proof of vaccination, not at the border necessarily, because again, at the border, it's usually a test 99% of the time. But if you go to a physician in your country, of, in your destination for a checkup or whatever, 
then they will uh, very often uh, uh, see that you know and approve this kind of a vaccination as uh, as a vaccination i even have some uh, patients who went with a polish certificate to the us uh, being american citizens and they actually got an american certificate of having been vaccinated from their primary care physician and this is what I was talking about. If if primary care physicians review this, they have a right and a capability yeah. to transfer those records from one Absolutely. booklet to another. And we've seen examples of that throughout. Uh, somebody also has suggested embassies of the destination countries, of course, are also uh, well informed of that country's current status. So whoever you're connected to, you can um, check with embassies in that country. Well, I have one more slide here, which is uh, really about this summer travel planning. So again, monitor travel restrictions. August is a long way off in uh, viral terms. Um, and so a lot can happen between now and August. Um, with testing prior to flight, uh, most are not imposing a quarantine as we've just been talking about, but changes are possible. And you should plan to check throughout the summer and confirm the status in Poland in particular for when you return here and um, make sure you have changeable tickets and be able to adjust accordingly uh, with your airline because you may have to move up your return date um, in order to satisfy any quarantine that may be imposed. And, and that's the key issue, right? Is that uh, you, you may have dates set and, and flights booked uh, but then quarantine will later be uh, instituted and you'll be caught in that quarantine for an extended period of time after your arrival. So where it's possible, I know for some it isn't and, and many won't be able to do that now as these things are already locked in. Uh, but do monitor and be prepared for the potential that things could change uh, between now and August. We, we are still at a stage and a state where it's very hard to predict what it is that we may be facing. Now, the other side of the coin is we may be facing much better circumstances. Uh, we may be well into vaccination. We may see uh, vaccination numbers rising. My own state of Washington, the United States, is at 61% vaccinated. Um, they figure they can get to 70% of adults now, 18 and older, 70% uh, of adults by June 4th. Um, so these, this is different around the world in different places, but that um, vaccination rate is encouraging in terms of uh, tackling this animal. Um, and then uh, beyond that, it's uh, vaccination for kids. We heard good news yesterday. And, and Dr. O, you probably want to talk about this. The Moderna announcement was powerful yesterday. Uh, yes, uh... Uh, obviously, they will file now and uh, wait for the uh, uh, for the approval. Uh, Pfizer is obviously approved already, and I think they have very good data as well. So it's uh, it's good news. Do you think Moderna will get approvals elsewhere before the U.S. or is there anything else in the pipeline, or is that one going to have to wait until they get U.S. first? Well, it depends on the timelines of uh, filing when they filed in the U. When they filed in the U.S. Uh, how long the process takes in the EU. Usually, you know, I find that the EU takes longer. And uh, there's a very pragmatic reason for that, which is, uh, you know, just around when the pandemic started and the whole lockdown started, the European Medicines Agency made a physical move of their headquarters from London 
to Amsterdam due to Brexit. And uh, because of the lockdown, they were not. And so about 50%, I think, or 60% of staff, they actually chose to not move to Amsterdam. Oh, so they had a, Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that because, you know, mainly they were Brits who were working in, in the European Medicines Agency. Oh, that makes sense. So they made the move and they had about 60% vacancy. So that's like 800 people or something. And uh, when they started hiring, the pandemic uh, broke out and the lockdowns broke out. So it was difficult to hire people. Uh, so um, I think that's why kind of, uh, you know, a lot of the drugs were delayed. Um, a lot of the processes just took longer. Obviously, they're prioritizing the vaccines, but it's just a very interesting coincidence uh, that happened. I think they moved like in October or November uh, 2019, so like you know, three months before the pandemic erupted. Wow, oh man. So, um, do we see you had a long list of vaccines that you were originally watching? Are, are there any others that are bubbling up to potentially join the fray here? Well, I think Novavax is probably close, CureVac is probably close. Um, there's like, I think, 16 in uh, phase three clinical trials. Okay. There's a Sanofi one. I think there's a GSK one. There's a couple of others. So there's, you know, there's quite a few uh, in the pipeline. Um, but I would expect them to rather be available toward year end uh, than sooner. And I don't want to declare anything to the community at this point, but we're certainly investigating what we could potentially organize for August for um, children 12 to 18 or 12 to 17 or 12 to 16, depending upon which vaccine we're talking about. Um, but it looks like at the very least we'll have Pfizer, which is already being given to kids 12 to 18. I've heard many reports of those already getting vaccinated in our, in our own community. Yeah. Um, and certainly we want to support that effort. Uh, we won't be able to do that until August. Um, and supplies will be stabilized by then to be able to pull something like that off. If we have other vaccines that become available to none, then for those age ranges, we'll certainly look into whether that's possible to provide them. Um, the advice from last time we were together remains the same. We're not mixing different vaccines together, obviously. So scheduling yourself and uh, getting both doses in one jurisdiction is still our recommendation. Do not plan to do one dose in one country and another dose in a different country. Um, we think that that's fraught with uh, complications. So uh, again, just our recommendation and, um, and uh, our word of advice, if you will. Um, GSK, anything? Do you know GSK? Okay, so we got one person say GSK is joining soon. So there you go. Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. Well, Dr. O, I, I want to again thank you for uh, donating your hours to our Relay for Life. Uh, I think we've confirmed uh, the two time blocks now yep. for uh, June 4th. So that's uh, donated kindly by Epixpert in support of that um, uh, fundraiser uh, for our charity. Uh, we're really excited, and I know that uh, PTO and our students are working hand-in-hand -hand to make sure that we have a great event on June 4th, running 12 noon to 12 midnight uh, during our vacation. 
Um, we are on break next week for Corpus Christi, so there's no school Thursday or Friday. Um, and then the following week, you saw all the things we've got planned, including our end of the year uh, assembly uh, uh, on June 11th. Uh, unfortunately, we can't bring the whole community in for that, but we will live stream. And we are bringing the school together in an outside venue. Um, and uh, unless something goes wrong here, we'll have our school community out on the field with a wonderful stage and an opportunity to have our flag procession and keep our tradition. Uh, we will not be doing a parade this year, but we are still giving everyone a yearbook. Uh, and so we are trying to bring uh, everything to a positive closure and, uh, and have uh, a, a wonderful end to our year. Uh, uh, just confirming the two testing slots for Relay for Life are 10 a.m. to 12 noon and 4 to 6. And please consider signing up for food donations for the Relay for Life. If you can't walk, you can also donate food donations uh, to take care of our participants. Um, there's a link here, but you can find that link um, in the Facebook group, in the comment stream and elsewhere. And I think it's also in eNotes tonight. Um, so you can find it there as well. And again, Relay for Life is on June 4th. And so look look for that in eNotes. And I think there's a link to sign up and uh, join a team or create a team um, so that we can walk for a good cause. And, uh, and also uh, bring important memory to those who we've lost or those who have fought and won against cancer. It's an amazing and important event uh, each year for us, and we're excited to be able to put this on despite the circumstances. All right. Dr. O, final words. This is your last night with us. How do we My goodness. without you for the summer? <laughs> <laughs> no, it has been a fantastic, uh, uh, you know, what, what was it? It's, all, it's like 10 months almost. We started, I think, this journey in July last year. Yep. And uh, so thank you for uh, adopting me as, as uh, part of your community and, uh, and for having me uh, with you every two weeks. Uh, it's, been, it's been fantastic. And I learned so much from you and I learned so much about, you know, how schools stick, you know, from the other side. Uh, and, uh, and I'm so grateful for this privilege of serving you throughout this year. And, uh, and of uh, helping you get through this uh, through these tough times and i and i hope uh, i did uh, a small part in this so so very 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 happy and very honored to uh, to have been part of the community well, small part is very gracious of you and i know i've said this before but you've been a great friend to asw and as we often say to those who have been in our midst once a warrior always a warrior you will always <laughs> you be are. considered uh <laughs> Uh, an ASW warrior for time immemorial. And we'll make sure that we uh, keep you engaged with us uh, well beyond this point in time. But it's just great to have you by my side as we complete a school year. And we, we bandied about this number yesterday, but we believe if we've done the math right, that we saved, get this, 162 student days, 62,000 student days of learning. So if we take all of our kids multiplied by the number of days in school and we subtract all those illnesses and hybrid and everything else, we saved 162,000 days of learning, student days of learning. So <laughs> I just I thought that was a huge statistic when I did the math on that. And by the way, that was inspired by Utah State School Districts who did 
a wonderful theme called Test to Play, and then that got morphed into Test to Stay because they followed our protocol yeah. and tested all their kids to get them back into school uh, and back into after-school activities. And I think the front cover picture was cheerleaders on the football field who had all tested so that they come back to school. But we saved 162,000 days, Dr. O. Amazing. It's <laughs> it's mind-blowing. And, uh, you know, from, from my standpoint, because these are just numbers, but <clears throat> when I look at uh, the ASW community and the fact that, you know, the teachers and the students, they were able to actually be physically in school with their peers all throughout this year, is absolutely priceless and it will have uh, a tremendous positive impact uh, on all the school community compared to other uh, i think school communities who did not have this privilege uh, so i think again a big uh, congratulations to you john and to the board and to the cabinet uh, for making this happen for you know for taking the you know, it, it has been a, a very difficult decision in the end uh, because the easiest, uh, the kind of path of least resistance, which was followed by, you know, 999 out of a thousand schools around the world, or maybe even more, was to kind of follow the guidelines mm -hmm. and pretty much stay closed, uh, you know, 80% of the time. And uh, you had the courage, uh, you had the guts to say, no, 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 we're going to do it differently. And uh, looking at uh, now the statistics, I've read recently that, uh, you know, they did a study, I think, of about 1,800 students and parents of those students in the U.S. of different age groups. And 25% of students had what they called post-COVID stress disorder, so kind of like a PTSD, and 30% of parents. Mm -hmm. This compares to an average of about 7 to 8% under normal circumstances. So this is like four to six, so four to five times more of anxiety-related disorders among mm -hmm. school-aged kids and their parents. Uh, so again, this is just um, uh, amazing what, uh, what uh, you guys have done. Um, and also kudos to all the parents and, uh, and the students because uh, this, was yeah. not, this was not easy. This was a lot of stress for you guys as well. And uh, you have taken it, uh, you know, just uh, wonderfully. So, so thank you for all your trust as well. You know, you make a good point. And I think uh, the true thanks uh, beyond staff, which I know we appreciate every step of the way and parents and their support and the board. Um, but, you know, I don't think we've often enough thanked students yeah. because students adopted and adapted so well throughout the year to everything we threw at them in terms of wearing wristbands and masks and uh, distancing and hand washing and protocols. They just, they made it part of the way they got along together. They made it part of their environment here. And so I, I just want to make sure we take a moment, just stop and say, we should be thanking the kids for the way in which they demonstrated resilience and really adapted to this scenario. And by doing so, we're partners with us in saving those 162,000 days and turning them into learning opportunities um, that will have profound impact. And, and I would echo your concern about um, the resulting, whatever we want to call it, stress disorders, um, because these are long-term consequences. And we've been focused on 
you know, trying to make sure we stayed on top of social emotional here and minimize this impact. Um, but there are many around the world that percent figure sounds about right to me um, that will need our, our care and support in the coming years uh, because it's, it's not something you fix overnight. It's no. going to take time and it's going to take a lot of us, I think, banding together to do that. Well, sir, thank you again for joining me tonight. Last one, but uh, uh, appreciate every minute that you've given us and every bit of counsel and advice and wisdom. Um, it's been a pleasure. And we'll see each other on a regular basis as we Absolutely. get ready for next year. Absolutely. I look <laughs> and that's forward. the thing. It, for schools and education, this is your last learning, right? Yeah. There's always a do-over. <laughs> There's always a do-over. Do and I look forward to it. And I will support you guys in whatever capacity is needed. Uh, hopefully, it's not around COVID. But uh, happy to participate in the school community and uh, advise you guys on other health-related issues. Thank you, sir. All right. Have a pleasant evening, and I'll say my farewells to the community. All the best. <laughs> and have a good summer, everybody. All right, everyone. I think that's going to bring us to a conclusion tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's, been a, it's been an absolute pleasure and a joy. Thank you for your questions, your comments, um, and for all of your assistance as we've uh, made it through this time together. We do have one more. Uh, and, uh, you know, and again, this uh, agreement of uh, thank you to all the kids who did their very best this year with both COVID and raising the bar on learning. We're all proud of you guys. Thank you. I want to get that one in. <laughs> um, thanks to everyone for participating. We have one more June 9th. So last town hall of the academic year, June 9th. There is a potential. I may still run a couple of town halls. Um, in July, and certainly we'll get back to an orientation town hall in August when we have more details and information about how we're going to open the school year. Calendars and all your information are on our website, so please look that up for the next academic year. All that information's there and readily available to you. And please feel free to reach out if you have questions. We're always here for you, uh, whatever your concern, whatever your need. That's what ASW is all about, and we're here to serve. Have a wonderful evening, everyone, and please reach out if there's anything else we can do. <laughs>